our Women Speaking Truth, and this is my really good friend Galen. My name is Andy. If you're just joining us, we are women who are firmly focused. At least that's our intent, right, Galen? Most of the time. I mean, really, we want to be women who are firmly focused on knowing exactly who God is as he shows himself through the pages of scripture. Because Galen, seriously, there's nothing like a couple women, and I mean just ordinary, everyday women, gathering around the word of God together to learn. Because what happens is when I hear you talking about what God's showing you, it seriously activates my faith and my desire to know God. So friends on the other end, that's exactly what we're doing right here is Galen and I feel like this is our next step and our calling is inviting you, your friends into this conversation. So Galen, um, I can't even begin to describe how many Panera dates we've had. So many. And what do we do there? How would you even nutshell that? Uh, usually we're both rushing in from something else in our busy schedules. Um, and usually it ends up that we take a lot more time than we initially planned. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> because we just start talking and we can't stop. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, you may remember if you've been tuning in with us for a while, uh, we talked a little bit about going to Africa together yeah. and how that really, I mean, that took our relationship to a, to a whole new level. Right. Yes. <laughs> When you're, you know, riding a bus for eight hours in, you know, rural Uganda. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You you really get close. It's amazing. (laughs) Um, But I think what has defined those Panera dates and what has defined that trip to Uganda is really just both of us being so interested and and wanting so desperately to step into the calling that God has for us. Yeah. And just really, you know, I think for me personally, you've been like a mentor and uh, someone who has, God has used to say, hey, you do have calling, you do have gifting and, and let's, you know, let's see where that takes us. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really apparent when we first started just connecting and especially over Africa that God was weaving something together here. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been super fun to do this with you. It's super fun because Galen, I'll tell you. I do not think I would be near my calling if it weren't for these kinds of relationships. Mm. Because when I go it alone, like, I don't trust myself to keep moving forward. And so that is such a crucial part of Women Speaking Truth is it's literally us. There's several more of us on a leadership team that makes Women Speaking Truth and Truth Groups operate to the extent that it does. But, um, we do it because when we are together, God can keep us focused, keep us moving. We encourage one another. We challenge Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, get your, like, let's go here. Lace up your boots, babe. We don't have time to take a siesta, uh, (laughs) because we would rather say no to the things that are hard but we need one another. So that's what we pray for this is that it's really God gathering a collection of like-minded women who would Mm -hmm. open his word, trust him through his word more than anything else and take the next step of faith together. I think one of my favorite things about doing it together too, and it's so important. It's like we link arms and sometimes someone's a little further back, but somebody else is pulling them forward. And 
Um, you know, and we do it together, but what I can't remember who said this, I can't take credit for it, but somebody said one time, you know how different friends bring out different parts of you. Mm -hmm. So like with you, we get, we have these like deep, intense conversations about Mm -hmm. calling and, you know, and then I have other friends who kind of bring out the goofy side in me. And then Mm -hmm. I have other friends who they only see the work side of me. And so that's what that does when we get together in a group, we bring out different parts of each other but those different parts of each other are also reflected in the way that we have relationship with God. And so when I get to see your relationship with God and how different it brings out just those different characteristics of who God is. And so it makes it very real to me in a different way. And that's why we do it together, which is so cool. I love that. Yeah. 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 So we've been talking about faith for like the last, is this episode five? This is episode five. Oh yeah, so fun. So we've been talking about faith for five episodes because really Galen, this is what God is percolating in mm-hmm. us as a team. If you're at all involved on the Facebook page at Truth Groups, Truth Group Community, on Instagram, uh, getting emails, you're seeing this F word. And I want to be very clear, faith all over because Galen, we're not just asking God to gather and collect like-minded women, but we are asking God, would you gather, collect like-minded women who are ready for the word of God to lead the way and teach women how to live a life of faith? Because when we're in faith in Christ, that leads us to living in our God-given calling. So where do we go today, Galen? So we are in part two talking about faith and excuses. And we are talking about faith. We're definitely, and I think, you know, you mentioned it last week, Andy, we talked a little bit about, you know, we're going to get to a much more in-depth conversation about faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been talking about some of these tensions or, or barriers that we tend to run into. And so excuses is a, is a big one of those. So if you had to say for yourself on a scale of zero to 10, how much excuse, spiritually speaking, mm. like between you and your relationship with God, in the last 30 days, okay? That's a big chunk of time, I Andy. know, I know. In the last 30 <laughs> days, what has your excuse barometer look like? Zero Ooh. means not one. And 10 is like, there's an excuse every single time I turn around. What would you say? Oh, I would 100% say like a nine or 10. Seriously, Galen. <laughs> Okay, so here's what's really interesting. You would say a 9 or 10. Are you serious? I'm serious. I would say probably a 6 or a 7. So I'm not very far behind you. Yet, here you are. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. And I don't think we're going to have time to touch on that today. But isn't it amazing, Galen, of all the excuses just in the last four weeks that you apparently have said, and I know I have said to God, I could tell them to you verbatim right now, Galen, the reasons I cannot, I don't perceive that I can do the thing God's asking me to do, but obedience does not have to be sidetracked by our excuses. No. And so today I think it's so important because I, th- I'm assuming Galen that most women are a five, six, seven, eight, nine mm-hmm. and 10. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you assume that too? Oh, absolutely. So here's what we want to do as we listen. And as you and I talk about excuses, just because we can identify with the excuses that we're going to talk about in a couple of minutes, doesn't automatically disqualify us from faith. No, but Galen, if I were listening, I would think, crud, this is me. Shoot. I'm 
I'm never going to get this right. That doesn't have to be true. So tell us for a sec who we are. Nope. Don't tell us who we are. Tell us who we're talking about in scripture. Um, catch us up on yeah. um, where we were last yep. week, where we're going. And then Galen, I want to tie the knot between who the person is, these excuses he said, and what he ended up doing mm-hmm. in faith too. And then maybe we could get going. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So there were really, the person we're talking about is Moses. So we're in Exodus. We were in Exodus last week, Exodus three and four. Um, and we're talking about these five excuses that he makes. And this is like right in, in a crucial, critical moment. God is there. He is talking to him in a burning bush. Um, and this amazing thing is happening. And Moses just can't seem to come up with anything but excuses in the middle of this conversation. So the first excuse he makes is, who am I? Who am I that you would send me to Pharaoh to, to lead the Israelites out of Egypt? So he has this identity crisis. Um, we dug more into that last week. So if you didn't get a chance to listen last week, go back, catch up, or don't. Just catch up here. Um, then the second excuse he says is, what should I tell them? Mm. So what do I actually say if I'm supposed to go? Um, what credibility do I have with my words? None. And that's when God says to him this powerful statement of, I am mm. who I say that I am. And you tell them that I am the Lord sent you. Mm. Um, it's like this striking, just powerful moment. Um, but it doesn't stop there. So we keep going. And he says, I want you to tell the Israelites that the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Hmm. And he continues to unpack this. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to, I promise to bring my people out of their misery. Um, The elders of Israel are going to listen to you. I'm going to reach out my hand and strike the Egyptians. So he's like laying out for Moses. Here are all of the next things that are going to happen. Um, And, and the Egyptians are, the king of Egypt is not going to want to let you go. So I'm going to strike them with plagues. And then eventually he doesn't give him a time frame, but he tells him at some point you're going to lead the Israelites out um, and you will plunder the Egyptians along the way. And so it, it's like this really striking conversation of this is who I am and this is what I'm going to do and I'm, I'm laying it out for you. And Moses comes back with another excuse. I love this one. I do too. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> I really resonate with this one. Well, okay, so say what it is, then I'm going to tell you what, like... It, Why? It, yeah, yeah okay, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Explain. you got to share that a little bit more. So Exodus 4.1... Um, This is where we're starting. And so they have this conversation. Then Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Moses. Like I live here. Okay. So let me just tell you what, like I see, I see me because first the first excuse Moses says is, well, who am I? I'm always going to start with me, Galen. The excuse is always going to be looking right back at me in the mirror. Like she can't, I don't want to, I'm not able to. And then number two is, I don't even know how to do Like, what am I supposed to tell them? And then we get to number three, no more are the excuses just about me, but they're about my credibility to the people. Cause typically when not always, maybe always, that's an interesting question for another time. My question is, does faith always result in 
another person, like, um, with others around us, me displaying the power of God, the movement of God, the obedience toward God before other people. Right. For me, way more often, way more often, yes than no. Mm. Um, but so question one and two was about me, how I feel about myself. Number two, how I view my abilities. What am I supposed to tell them? And then number three, now it's this fear of people. What if they don't believe me? What if I look stupid? What if they don't respond? Oh my gosh. This is like my wheelhouse. What if I make an idiot? What if I make their faith worse? What if I can't do it and I make our team look bad, the name of God look bad? So it's a safer place to just be like, I can't, I bow out because I'm concerned about their opinion, Mm -hmm. their view, what they're really going to say, not just to my face, but behind closed doors when I'm not around. And don't we do this if they don't respond in a certain way, Mm -hmm. if they don't perceive this in a certain way, if I don't start to see fruit and movement there, then I did something wrong. Mm -hmm. Then I didn't, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I messed that up. Then I was out of the calling of of God. God. Exactly. That's such an unfair place to, uh, because we're saying that there is only black and Mm -hmm. only white with God when grace is neither Uh, it's right in the middle of those places. And boy, is that limiting God. And it's saying that I'm going to base Mm -hmm. my actions and my obedience on how other people respond. Oh gosh. When that's between them and God Mm -hmm. and it has to stay there. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't make decisions based on whether or not other people are then going to be obedient to God. Uh, so not within my control, not my business. Oh, have I done the opposite here, Galen, mm-hmm. especially, um, in ministry in a different environment that I had led before I was in my wheelhouse leading about a hundred women, let's say. And then, um, some things that happened within our city that I was super psyched and full of faith. Galen, like full of faith. And it's not that there was no, none of the, these excuses there was, but I had more faith than I did excuses. And so therefore my excuses would tuck under my faith and kind of be put to bed. So there was this environment instead of leading about a hundred women, it was well more than a thousand. Wow. And I was so new at it on top of I didn't realize it in the moment. Hindsight would show me wonderful, amazing spirit-filled women who were only intending to encourage me by saying, Andy, like I have been in such prayer for this and here's what I think God's going to do. I think on this next event that we're doing, and I was in charge of the ministry time, that there's going to be strong repentance. Andy, as I was praying or a group of women were at my house praying, here's what God showed us, is that a kind of this picture that the Spirit was going to move in such a way that women would be confessing sin. Galen, I'm not exaggerating to tell you 30 different women, texts, emails, messages, Facebook messages, that would be very small in compared to the reality of like many, 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 many distinct and individual messages. So guess what I heard? Mm -hmm. Like in my insecurity, 
knowing that I would be leading that ministry time, I expected this same thing of, um, I'm responsible for the work of God and it will be through my words communicating, Hey, you guys, we're going to be spending a time Mm -hmm. of prayer and ushering the movement. I thought it was my responsibility to, through my words, heart and behaviors, usher in the movement of God in such a way that other women would then respond to it. Wow. I know. Galen, let me wrap it up by saying it did not go well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when there was no or very small movement, um, because it didn't meet the expectations that I interpreted all of those voices to mean, I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and applying more verbal pressure Mm. That, okay, come on, like anybody out there, like, and literally some of the feedback was, it felt like I was at an old time revival where the preacher wouldn't stop until people came into the aisles and repented and they were describing my leadership. And so this number three, what if they don't believe me? What if I'm using my words, like excuse number two, well, what am I supposed to tell them? But what if they don't do the thing that I feel like they're supposed to do? Mm -hmm. Uh, It got me into really dangerous places because now it's not just about my calling. I'm like kind of stomping on the spirit of grace moving in other people's life because I'm misusing it. So for me, talk about excuses, that failure, then I'm going to quote unquote failure. Mm-hmm. You know, I, did, I literally did the best I knew how to do exactly. for the time. Yeah. And I felt like such a failure. Therefore I interpreted it that God saw me as a failure and some shiftings happened in my team that I talked about a few episodes ago, resulting in me, Oh, did these excuses come full speed? Mm-hmm. And so from my perspective, it's been my failure has been the number one thing to breed excuses about why I can't mm-hmm. next time. Mm-hmm. But isn't it so cool that God in his grace and in his mercy, he takes those moments and he teaches us. Yeah. And it's those moments where we recognize, oh, yeah, that I'm, my output is not responsible for activating God's calling in other people's lives. Yeah. I'm not responsible for that, that he has such grace in teaching us that lesson and then moving us forward into other places of our calling. And what I want to do, Galen, is say, oh, I wish I would have known that. Right. You know what? Right. I couldn't have. You like, couldn't. I didn't know what I didn't know, period. And God knew that. Mm -hmm. But you know what, Galen? If there is one thing I learned from that whole experience, it's that I only say yes to abiding in Christ. Mm -hmm. He himself, he alone bears the fruit. Mm -hmm. I am off the hook. Mm -hmm. And I can never be more convinced of that these days because of that experience. So even then the crash and burn, my self perceived, I don't think that's how God sees it. No. He knew who he wanted. Like he knew who he chose. He knew what I would do. This was not lost on him. Mm -hmm. He still chose me for it. I sometimes often misinterpret that for a crash and burn, but the work that he's done in me through it. Um, now I have to be super careful because I can use those things for a huge way 
mm-hmm. to um, invite the excuses because I feel justified mm-hmm. because I bailed then. It's like, I'm going to do it again. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. And that, you know, Moses said, what if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? Um, and then God continues that conversation by saying, okay, I'm going to give you a toolbox of these mm-hmm. signs of what cool. you can show them to really give a demonstration of my power of who mm-hmm. I am. Um, so they have, they have that conversation. They go through that. Um, he throws a staff on the ground. It becomes a snake. He has a leprous hand. And, and so these are all things that he can say, well, I have the power of God that is in this, these next steps that I'm taking. So listen, we don't have a snake. No. Thank God. Thank and a staff. <laughs> I'd be And those here. things. But, and for me, I'm listening to you describe, he had this toolbox. Mm-hmm. He did not have the word of God. No. We have that. Mm-hmm. That is his promise, his covenant toward his people. Yeah. And, and in our toolbox, we have stories like the one you just shared. Yeah where you said, here is where God took me and here is where he showed up and you're reflecting that glory back to him. And so our stories, those are, are the tools that God has is, can use if we're willing to share them, right? Like you've been willing to share, you know, those are the tools that God uses to say, see what I've done in Andy's life. Mm -hmm. See where I have overcome this excuse of what if they don't respond Mm -hmm. the way that I think they should. Um, and, and that is now a story of what God's done in you and how he's moved you into a new place in your calling. Yeah, totally. It's amazing. So I'd rather the word of God than a snake. Just me too. For the record. <laughs> that is like death, deathly afraid of snakes. <laughs> me too. Yeah. If one showed up, I don't, uh, I don't think I could do yeah, that. Not cool. Um, okay. So skipping down a little bit, we're still in Exodus four. He shows them these two signs. Um, and then Moses comes back with his fourth excuse. (laughs) (laughs) I love him. He's consistent here. (laughs) He really is consistent. So in verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither Mm. in the past, nor since you've spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. Mm. I mean, I feel so sad for him. Me too. Me too. But isn't this where we go next? Yes. Okay. Okay. But seriously, We've gotten through the identity crisis. We've gotten through the what I actually say. We've Mm -hmm. gotten through what if they don't believe me. But can we just go back for a second Mm -hmm. to this whole idea of I have physical limitations. Like I don't have time in my schedule. Mm -hmm. I don't have time, Andy, to record a podcast every week because it's too much. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. I (laughs) I mean, this this is my excuse. This is my excuse. Um, I don't like social media. So Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get on and put a post about the podcast because I'm kind of okay with it staying in the closet. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Such a bad analogy. Completely. Yes. (laughs) I'm okay with it. Not getting out there, but that's where, where I'm just like my own limitations. I'm allowing that to stop me from moving forward. Well, and I think about the people who's, who have some major limitations Mm. who have not used it as an excuse. Like, well, really the first person that comes to mind is our ministry partner, Melissa, Mm. who is, uh, and I say this all the time and it drives her bonkers, the most gifted female Bible teacher I have ever. Agreed. And the chick maybe has two or three college courses under her belt, then dropped out of college. No 
formal or basically even informal Bible training. And yet here she is called and highly gifted to teach the Bible. Do you know how many women, Galen, that I personally know who are like, I think that God has maybe probably gifted me to Mm. teach the Bible in some form or fashion, but I don't have technical training. So I, I can't. And it's like, who, who, who said like, and then said, so I think it's super cool. Those who defy the Mm. excuse who recognize it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've talked Melissa out of going to Bible college and seminary and starting. Oh, 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 100%. I mean, you'll have to ask her about it. Oh, I will. This long season where she's like, I think I'm going to, and like, I don't think you should. (laughs) Um, and to see that in God, again, God knows exactly who he chose in Melissa Dunn to Mm. gift highly to teach the Bible, knowing she wasn't going to go to Bible college or seminary or college for that matter. Uh, and was it misplaced that Mm -hmm. gifting? Nope. And so it's interesting. We can be fully, and Galen, we ought to be fully aware of our limitations, but just because we recognize them does not negate the power of God working in us ever. And that's exactly how God responds to Moses. And I I just have to read this part because it's just like my favorite. The Lord said to him, who gave human beings Mm. their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight and makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and I will teach you what to say. Wow. Like that blows my mind that God here, he is the creator of Moses. He is the creator and the one who gifts and equips and creates and even allows limitations. Yeah. But it's so that that glory can be reflected back on him because of who he is. Right. Um, so I just, there's something about that passage that's just so powerful. Well, for me, I hear that God's like, I know, I know. Guess what? I got you. Got you. So if you were to say, these days in this particular season, what would you describe as your personal limitation that feels like the excuse that you think about that Mm -hmm. clogs you, holds you down from stepping out in faith? Hmm. Um, for me, that's a big question. So I think for me, it may not be as much of like a physical limitation, but it's a, I don't know how I would classify it. It's, um, some things that I went through as part of my story that mm. I, I processed through, I reasoned through, I analyzed, I went through, um, I had a lot of people come around me and walk through this really difficult season in my life. And then what I've begun to recognize here, I am like six years past that. And God's like, Hey, um, you know, I created you with emotions mm. and those emotions I created you with are for a reason. And, you know, all that stuff that you thought through, analyzed, reasoned Mm. through, you never emotionally processed it. Mm. And this is something that I allowed you to go through this season. Mm -hmm. I allowed all of these things to happen. I carried you through that season. But I'm asking you to dive deeper into this process of healing Um, because I want to heal your emotions so that you can connect with others and you can connect with me fully. Why do you feel like this is a limitation? 
Um, because so often me reserving my emotions holds me back Mm -hmm. from being able to create the type of connections with others and with God that are complete. Mm -hmm. So I can connect intellectually. I can connect, um, you know, mentally, but I, I have a hard time. I can connect spiritually, but I'm not able to connect emotionally in a way um, that feels like the way that God intended mm. it to be or the way that he created it to be. And so for me, that feels like a hurdle that I've, that God is asking me to get past. And he's saying again, I will carry you through that. Mm. Um, I will carry you through this, these next steps I'm asking you to take so that you can get to this place of healing and health. Um, and, and he's doing that at this, he's like un unwinding all of these things in me as he's leading me into my calling. Right. So it's like this really weird it's tandem. Weird. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, that is really weird. For me, I would say a limitation. Oh, hands down, Galen. It's this limitation of um, me. <laughs> like I, I don't have a category. And it's not just my ADHD. But it's many of the effects that can be the catalyst could be ADHD, but man, how it comes out in my everyday life of again, I'm not just talking about forgetfulness or, um, confusion or inability to see the details. It's even hard to explain it to myself. Mm. And just like you're talking about the connection to God and others in a more holistic, meaningful way that would really what we're talking about is healing. It's what I've been seeing is that emotional connection to yourself Mm. that's going to then trickle out to all of those other areas. Mm. And in me, I feel like it's part of the same, this, like, I, I really, I'm going to stammer around for a sec. It's this inability to operate in the life that God's given me in a way that feels normal. Mm. Yeah. Um, like I'm disconnected yes. in some ways from myself mm-hmm. and it's like I, my hands feel a little tied. Mm. Um, so yeah, it feels like a lot of limitations coming up to the surface that for, because of the role I have, don't just impact me. Right. It stinks. They really impact others also. And I know it and I wish I could just wave a magic wand over it. Mm. And unfortunately, healing happens when, I hate this part, Galen, healing happens when I'm like, okay, no more excuses about Mm -hmm. why I can't. Yep. Like, here I am laying myself down on the altar saying, whatever you need to do, like, um, no more excuses for having a broken leg and no more like waving my crutches around, reminding everybody, oh, remember I'm ADHD or I'm just jacked Mm -hmm. up. I can't do it. And here's my excuse to show it. It's being like, okay, surgeon, here's the scalpel. I know it's going to hurt. Go for it. Like I'm ready to be healed instead mm-hmm. of just be living in crutches. Mm-hmm. And it stinks. And it's those places where we do make excuses that I think are that symptom. Kind of like we talked about last week. It's that symptom of that deeper problem that there is something that God is asking me to step into and I am making an excuse. And so it's it's shining a light on an area of, of not being in full surrender of Mm. disobedience of God. I really, I want you to heal me, but can you, 
Can you do it a different way? Can you send somebody else? Can you um, overlook this impediment that I have? Um, Because I think that 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 is bigger than what you're asking me to step into. Hey, Galen, there's one more excuse, but guess what? In my opinion, this one is such a big deal for us. What do you think about us ending this little number here and making that even uh, its own thingy? I love it. Let's do it. Oh, it's going to be so bad, but really good. I only say so bad because it resonates at least with you and I and probably a lot of our friends Mm -hmm. deeply. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to tell you, Galen's not going to tell you what the fifth excuse is, but just trust me when I say uh, we can't wait to talk about this in the next episode. Until then, we truly, like we seriously pray for you guys, Mm -hmm. um, even like a lot just praying, not just for you, but with you. God, would you do this in us as women, that we would grow in faith, putting away excuses, stepping into our God-given calling, because it is seriously the most beneficial, exciting, fulfilling place we could ever be in life, it's bar am- none. It's amazing. And it's amazing to do it in community. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we pray for this community, the Women mm-hmm. Speaking Truth community. Um, if you want more information on how to get more involved, how to find out more about truth groups and, and creating your own community to be part of this larger community, um, you can go to truthgroups.com, check us out on Facebook or Instagram. Um, we want to be with you mm-hmm. in this. And that's our prayer. So. Yeah. Okay. And- Next episode. Here we come. <laughs>